Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Let's just take a moment and thank God for his goodness. Say, thank you, Jesus. You haven't forgotten about me. Every area of my life that I maybe feel like I've fallen behind, there's revival, there's resurrection, there's your goodness, there's your grace. God, we need more of you. Amen? Amen, amen. Great to have you in the room on Labor Day weekend. I'm talking to all the people that don't have a lake house and don't have a friend with one either. Social distancing got you cut from the invite list. Anyways, hey, grab a seat. Church Online, we love you so much. And it's great to be preaching today. I love to preach. I love to labor in the Word. And I, I think God's got something really good for you today. It's been in my heart. Um, man, just for three or four weeks, I had a, a series that kind of came out of nowhere. I just had, a, a, really, my heart was just to preach a one-off message and then start preaching about something else. And yeah, as I dug into the content and the scripture, uh, man, God's really been doing a work in me. And a lot of times you think I'm preaching at you, I'm preaching to myself. God's growing me up. God's changing me. Last week we talked about overcoming people problems. How many got anything out of last week? Overcoming people problems. And I didn't get to everything I want to say, so I'm going to give it another go today. Uh, so, you know what? One week went by, you still got people problems. You're in luck. We got one more week to figure it out. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace, not with those that you like, not with those that just think the same way as you, not with those that did something kind for you, no, with every single person. Live at peace with everyone. Paul writes there to the church in Rome, it's just as applicable today as it was back then, there's a participation part and peace for us if we're gonna have peace with relationships around us. This probably could be a series of messages that go the entire rest of the year because all of us have problem people in our world. All of us have problems with people, maybe even live in our own home. You might be married to them. They might be in your family or in your workplace. We all have problem people, but there's a part for you to play. And relationships are so vital. Relationships are so important. Destiny is not lived out in isolation. Your purpose can't happen without the other people, the God people, the right people around you. As your relationships go, so go your life. And we're gonna have this opportunity all the time, probably every day, to be offended, frustrated, or hurt by a relationship was something that was said, something that was done. It happens every day. Jesus said that, Luke 17. Hey, watch out, disciples. Offenses are going to come. They will certainly come. And we all have relationships that are testing. And yet some pain in relationships can be torture. Some of us have gone through that, that in our lives, in our maybe a broken marriage, maybe a broken relationship with your parents. There's been some torture in relationship. That is not the intention of your God. It says, as far as it depends on you, you can't change other people. But we can let God change us in how we interact, how we engage, how we love, how we forgive, how we get over offenses that might have come our way. Because the truth is, a word from someone, especially the closer they are to you, or the more meaningful the relationship is supposed to be, 
a word from someone that they might not even have meant to be as painful as it was received. Or maybe something they did not say in a time when you needed so desperately for them to speak something into your life. These words can become a wound, a relational wound, which I think are the most deadly of wounds, the wounds of the soul. They maybe didn't even mean it as an attack. If someone wanted to fight you physically, that's one thing. But when you're in a fight relationally, that's a whole nother type of pain. An outside attack might give you some bruises, but a relational attack is an injury and a wound of the soul. We all know the lie from the playground, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, words will never hurt me. That is so not true. Because you might have gotten over a broken arm with a cast and some time, but something that was spoken to you, a broken relationship can sever something in your soul and in your heart. And these words cause wounds. You cannot put a Band-Aid on an internal injury. It needs something that only God has. It needs grace. It needs forgiveness. It needs the restoration and resurrection power of Jesus, a remark that crushes the soul, gossip that tears down a friend. The enemy loves when our relationships are at war because they break up connection. God does great things in right connections. When they break up connection, they often produce and breed contention. Contention leads to isolation. The broken connection leads to isolation. These wounds lead to rejection. You thought I was done rhyming. I've only just begun. Rejection can become an infection in your inside world. It poisons the heart and it will hurt your future. I want to speak today on the thought of relationship recovery, to recover, to re-engage, to reconnect, to reignite, to realign there's relationship recovery for you. And I don't know how deep the wounds and how long they've been there. I don't know the severity of the infection of your soul. I just know that the Holy Spirit's your EMT. He is gonna start a work and he doesn't leave it halfway there. He starts it, he completes it. He's gonna be faithful, amen? Can we pray? I'm praying that you have an open heart to hear not what I'm saying, but what God wants to say. What does God wanna speak to your to your life, to your, your marriage, to your broken relationships and the wounds that were raging on the inside. He wants to speak healing and hope, amen? Let's pray. Would you join me? Come online, church. Let's, let's pray together. Lord, we really gotta have you. Lord, our relationship with you is paramount above all else. But Jesus declared that it's our relationship with each other that shows how much we're in love with you, how we can love each other, how we can forgive each other, how we can grow together. Holy Spirit, would you stop the hemorrhaging of hearts that is happening on the inside? Would you heal hearts today? Would you show them that they can't do it all, but there might be a part for them to play? And maybe they're waiting for a forgive me, but they need to speak first. Lord, wherever the brokenness occurred, I thank you that your word's going to show us that healing can begin. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't sever our relationship with you, the first mistake we've made. Help us re-engage with the right people, with the right heart. Heal us from within, in Jesus' name. If you need some help in relationships, can I get an amen? amen. Come on, amen. Amen, thank you so much. Hey, uh, right when we first started coming back to church in person, in the room, that very first weekend, I was like ecstatic, excited to be back uh, with, with people. It's a lot better than just preaching to the camera, let me tell you. 
Um, but we, we, after services in the morning, we were home and we brought some food home, slaps, barbecue. If you don't know, now you know. And I had my plate of barbecue. I was excited. I was going downstairs to the basement to watch golf because anytime I need to take a nap, I'm watching golf. And I had my plate of barbecue and I'm walking down and I misstepped on one of the steps and I went full feet in the air. Like if this would have been caught on camera, how come some of America's funniest home videos are people's most painful moments in life? You know what I'm talking about? It was one of those. And all of my weight came down right here on the step on my forearm. And I'm, it was one of the most painful things I had experienced in so long. I was rolling around the ground. Immediately I knew, which I was wrong, I knew that my arm was broken. I'm rolling around. I am uh, uh, proclaiming God's goodness. I am re later repenting for the thoughts that came into my mind anyways. And it hurt. And I had a little abrasion, just a little cut. And nothing like that. My kids, Dora the Explorer, Thomas the Train, Band-Aid couldn't cover. It wasn't a big cut. It was a little cut, which healed in the next couple of days. No big deal. But actually, that's not where the real hurt was. I mean, to this day, if I like, touch it, I lean on a table, it's a month past, it still hurts so painfully because I got a deep bone bruise in that place that's still causing me so much pain. So many of us, this is the status of our souls in relationships. We might have gotten over it and we might even still be in connection a little Band-Aid of time might have covered the cut, but there's an infection or a bruise deeper inside, and that's where the real pain is. You ever made a comment to someone and their response, it might have been a little critical or a, a, a maybe a little bit of a joke or just something of correction, but their response did not seem to match what you were trying to say, that they flare up, that they get frustrated, that maybe even anger or hurt. Come on, husbands and wives, we do this all the time. We get mad at some little thing that was said because it's actually not about that moment. There's something deeper on the inside. There's an internal pain that long after the, the bandage has healed the wound, the sting, the bruise, the infection remains. Your word touched a wound. Your word poked at a problem, an internal pain, and that pain has caused a whole nother set of problems. It's a great place to self-examine, where someone maybe says something to you and you get real tight, frustrated, offended, or lashed back. What is it in you that has been wounded in that place? Because a lot of times it's not about your spouse, it's about your mother. A lot of times it's not about your boss, it's about your brother. A lot of times it's not about the person in church, it's about the person in your home when you were growing up. We have these things that happen to all of us. Jesus says offenses will come. But what do we do when things are done to us? And today we'll actually look at a little bit what do we do when we've done something to somebody else. Isaiah 53, the prophecy about Jesus, says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He otherwise took the wounds for when we've made mistakes. A transgression is an act that goes against the law, a rule, or a code of conduct. The translation literally says, or the definition means it's an offense, these transgressions. And in relationships, we often break the rules unknowingly. 
we often trespass into a sensitive or severe area of pain unknowingly. We go over the line. But the Word of God says that Jesus would come and take our wounds so that we could walk healed and whole. That Jesus, by his stripes, has healed us. And we always pray that when it comes to physical healing. But the reality is this, is he doesn't want to just heal your physical body, which we believe the power of God could show up at any moment. He also wants to heal your inside world your relational world, your connection with each other. Because the enemy loves to divide us and then conquer us, but a united church, a united marriage, a united home can do something greater than you can do by yourself. Relationships, often we break the rules not even knowing. We touch on something that's sensitive or someone touches a place of pain in our life. What do we do when we've broken trust, when we're offended at what someone said or did, because time does not heal all wounds. Jesus heals every wound. In fact, the longer you go, the more severe the pain, the more the infection grows. The more the infection grows. And if we don't deal with it before you know it, what's dangerous about a small infection, if it goes untested or untreated over time, is that eventually it gets to your heart. Physically speaking, a small cut can actually kill you over time. And so even the smallest of things, if undealt with over a season, if it's allowed to fester, that pain might have gone away externally. You might have gotten over it, but your soul has not. And that place of hurt, that place of wound could cost you more than you know. Ecclesiastes 3 well-known passage of scripture, but I love it from the message paraphrase. It says, it's a right time to hold on and another to let it go. A right time to rip out and another time to mend. A right time to shut up and another time when you're at church and your preacher's preaching something, even on relational pain, and it's a little difficult, it's a time to speak up. A right time to love and another time to hate. A right time to wage war and another time to make peace. I have got a word from God for someone today. It is time. It is time to get over what was happened to you. It is time to let go of your wound. It is time to make peace, even with problem people. It's time maybe for you to ask the Holy Spirit, what relationships do I need to mend? And what relationships do I need to let go? There is rehab for your relationships and relationship recovery starts right now. I love that passage that says there's a time to make peace and a time to make war. I feel like the enemy, listen, the enemy is good at us taking small things, little pieces of problems and causing division and disconnection so that we're at war now with each other and not as believers fighting in the faith for what matters the most. Because there's a war happening out there for broken people to be restored by Jesus, but we allow small things, little slivers of pains and comments of people, little betrayals in relationships between brothers and sisters of the faith to cause us to fight battles here when we're supposed to be walking in victory out there. 
What is the small thing that we need to get peace so that we can make war where it really matters? I think a lot of times, offense and relational struggle actually is a product of misunderstanding. That what they really said and really meant, although it might have had a little agenda or a little issue, that wasn't the main thing. We get our attention off of the big picture of what God's wanted to do, and we start looking at the small offenses of what somebody said. There's an incredible story about misunderstanding. People walk away from the healer, from the salvation, from Jesus, because they couldn't quite understand what he was trying to convey to them. And they shut down hearing from the one who will give them life because he says something that frustrates them and confuses them. And instead of looking for clarity of what the most important person of all time was wanting to say to them, they miss out on the relationship and they reject the truth because they got offended. Jesus has just fed the thousands. Jesus just took a stroll on the Sea of Galilee. Here Jesus shows up and it says that his disciples are there, but it's talking about more than the 12. We don't know how many exactly were there. We know he sent 72 out as missionaries, but we know there's a large number of people that are not just the ones that were fed across the other side of the sea, but there could be about a thousand or so people there, maybe several hundred, but these are those that are following Jesus everywhere that he goes. And these people, they've left maybe work and home to be there with Jesus. They're buying in and believing to Jesus and, and following. They say, hey, we're followers, we're disciples of Jesus. And yet in a moment, we're gonna see from one conversation, really from one phrase, so many are gonna walk away from the one that was gonna lead them to the life that he had for them. John chapter six, verse 33. For the bread of God, Jesus says, is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, verse 34, they said, always give us this bread. Come on, they're trying to get that bread today. Whoever eats my flesh, this is what Jesus says, and drinks my blood, remains in me and I in them. Now, we know that later on, Jesus is gonna have the Last Supper. We know as believers, in the full context of this passage, Jesus is talking about closeness with him is coming. You're gonna be able to receive me on the inside. Just, I, this is better than the bread that I fed you on the other side of the sea. This is something of eternal significance that's coming your way, and yet the way that he phrases it, they misunderstand it. And they don't ask each other, they don't ask questions to Jesus, what did you mean? They don't seek clarity in their confusion. They start talking amongst each other. Be careful who you talk to about your problems. They begin to talk to each other and realize this person's as offended as Jesus as I am. And in that disconnection, there becomes a separation between the one that wanted to give them eternal life lead them to eternal things, and yet their turmoil in this relationship is too much for them, and they walk away. You're all still tracking with me. They say to each other, like, what is Jesus saying? What kind of church is this? Many of you said that when you first came to our church. What kind of church is this? Jesus, verse 61, says, aware that the disciples were grumbling about this. Jesus says, does this offend you? Jesus speaking to the whole group. And from that time, verse 66, many of his disciples got offended, turned back, and no longer followed him. 
Like this guy has gone too far. He's talking about something. When he's feeding me, when he's healing me, when he's sharing some things that I like, I'm all in. But as soon as he says something that's difficult for me to understand or deal with, I allow this to become a place of separation, isolation, and rejection. And I don't linger in the relationship to get clarity. And what you need to understand, a love that can't outlast an offense isn't real love. And some of us are only in relationships for the good times, but in the hard times, in the difficult times, in the disappointing times, we want to walk away because normally we carry a wound on the inside. It's not really love unless it's loyal. They get offended over a misunderstanding. They do not seek clarity. They start talking to each other. But Jesus, the one who can answer every question ever, is right in front of them. And they think Jesus is going all Hannibal Lecter on them for a moment, right? They think Jesus is talking about literally drinking his blood, and so they miss out. And although this in John 6 is so far away from the cross, the Last Supper, although that's not in the book of John, but it is, the, the, the story of the cross is in John 19, chapter 6 and 19, there's a long gap there. That's why we've got to be willing and able to walk with people even when we don't fully understand what they're coming from or even even know what they were trying to say in that moment, we're going to give some time and some testing to see if this is a relationship, a blessing, and something that God has planned for our life. They don't take the step to get understanding. They react in the moment instead of responding. Maybe the offense you've had with someone else is a misinterpretation. You don't know the kind of day they had. You don't know the kind of upbringing they had. You don't know the kind of issues that they're currently walking to. I think this has heightened so much in this current status of life that we're in. From COVID to pain to problems to injustice to politics, everything that's going on has us all hypersensitive to what people say. And if they're not fully with us about everything we want to believe and what we want to stand for, then we're pushing back and pulling away immediately. As believers, this can't be the way. As people called to a kingdom, not a nation, called to a kingdom, this can't be the way. And so we have to learn to linger even in the tension of misunderstanding. Even when they did say something disrespectful or derogatory, to give the benefit of the doubt to seek the clarity of the connection, your interpretation of the situation might need some clarification. Then Jesus turns to the 12. Then Jesus asks the ones that have been with him for a while now, do you want to leave as well? Jesus asked them in verse 68, Simon Peter, who always seems to answer first, we all have that friend. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words that bring eternal life. In other words, we don't understand but we're willing to stay in the relationship. We don't know what you were trying to accomplish, but what we have seen from you, we've got a track record with you, Jesus, that's worth us walking through some difficult conversations because we know who you really are. Psalms 133 says, how good and perfect is it when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity? There's the anointing of God flowing down the whole body, if you will, of Christ, the whole church. There it produces blessing. 
There, God commands a blessing. It says, even life forevermore. In other words, even eternal things happen there. Same with the words of Jesus. You have the words that bring eternal benefits. I think relationships, God relationship, there's an eternal benefit there. Two weeks ago, I talked about friends, forever friends. That there are some people you're called to walk with for making an eternal difference in the world. And yet a little bit of turmoil and a little bit of tension can cause some of us in a place of wound or rejection to push away something God actually is wanting us to have grace to recover relationship, cover each other, and to stay close. Peter says, hey, I didn't understand this teaching, but you got a track record with me. You got a relational bank account with me that's allowed some, uh, some withdrawals because there's been so many deposits. When you're willing to walk away from a friendship or a relationship over one incident, you're only counting the withdrawal. You're not looking at the investments. This is time for us, by the grace of God, as believers to make sure that our sufficient funds are being filled by God himself, that we're not looking for people for our worth. We're finding it from the one who gave the whole world life and gives us life. He's our source and our strength and our supply. And when he's our best friend and best relationship, we can have some tension and testing with each other and not pull away in turmoil because of a wound or a lack of understanding. To have a relationship recovery, you need to understand, don't let a difficult conversation stop a divine blessing. Don't let one difficult thing they said or you need to go bridge the gap. Stop the divine blessing of God. Again, the Last Supper was not recorded, did not happen for far longer after this moment. But how good was it for those that lingered with Jesus even through the difficulties? See, past wounds will stop you from working out current issues of the heart. It isn't even about what they said. It was about something you've carried for far too long. The Bible teaches us in the life of Jesus that an offense can stop the word from working in our world. One offense can stop the word of God from working in our world. Matthew chapter 13. And they took offense at Jesus because they treated him familiar. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor except in his own hometown his own town. And as he did this, as they said this, as they turned their back on him because they kind of thought they knew who he was, it says he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. I always marvel at this passage because these are the people that grew up around Jesus and they had a, such a hard time as seeing him for who he really was. They had a familiarity and the, it says familiarity breeds contempt. And, and they, were, they were like, who do you think you are? But we know that Jesus has love for all people. We know that Jesus heals random strangers on the sidelines as he's walking down the road. We know that Jesus pours into all people that are willing, able, and just there. How much more so do you think that Jesus wanted to take care of the people from his hometown? How many big miracles could have happened in that moment of blessing, but because they had a wrong perception of the relationship, they missed out on the divine thing that God was trying to do? Seeing offense becomes offense that keeps healing from getting in and keeps your destiny from breaking out. Where there's an offense in a relationship, it becomes a blessing blocker in your life and in your world. And this fence has to be removed before God can move in some areas of your life. I think we need to ask ourselves: in every dilemma and problem 
if someone says something that you're struggling with or it's caused separation in the relationship, instead of saying, how dare they, you might need to ask, what part did I play? Instead of saying, I can't believe they said that, you might need to ask yourself, Holy Spirit, maybe what did I say? Maybe what did I do? What's my responsibility? And with that, we need to take a 180 turnaround and quit looking at everyone else as the problem and let God go to work in the fractures in our own life and the words that we have said, because you might have a part to play in this. You usually do. We judge people based upon their actions, but we judge ourselves based upon our intentions. Oh, we were just having a bad day. They'll get over it. Oh, we're, we're, we're just working through something else. I'm just stressed out. So when I lashed out at that person, I know where my heart's really at. I was actually struggling with something else. But all they heard was your accusation, your tone, and your attack. See, we judge people based on their actions, but we judge ourselves based upon our intentions. Proverbs 21 verse 2 teaches us this. People may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. Christians, listen, Hillsong, Kansas City, can we put down the magnifying glass and pick up a mirror? Is that not what the Bible says? With not looking at the specks in someone else's eye, but check out the log that's in yours. Oh, believers, we are so good at pointing out everyone else's problems. And a lot of us have been doing it digitally right now pointing out everyone's perspective that's wrong, everyone's statement that's wrong. But because we're our secret world where we really are and who we really are, we can allow it to stay hidden. And so we'll attack. When I see people attacking others, I know there's something that they're hiding in their own life. It's always the case. We got to put down the magnifying glass and we need to pick up the mirror. Ask yourself, am I really building people up? Or maybe I'm actually tripping people up. The truth is we all offend. And when we offend, we stop God opportunity for becoming a reality in our world as well. What do we do? Matthew chapter five, again, Jesus teaches us. Matthew chapter five, this is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and you're about to make an offering to God and you suddenly remember a grudge, how many know the suddenly things, that's the Holy Spirit. Anytime you have something check in the inside of your life about a relationship with someone else, that's not random. That's the Holy Spirit. Some of you, since I've been preaching up here these last 20 minutes, you've had some checks in your life about somebody else. That ain't me. That's the Holy Spirit. And suddenly you remember a grudge a friend has against you. Abandon your gift, your offering there. Leave it immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then, come back and work things out with God. This is Jesus preaching. I know the presence of God is always with us, but Jesus doesn't preach an Old or New Testament. Jesus preaches kingdom. And there's a kingdom principle. where there's a cancer between you and someone else, you need to do your part. As part it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. You need to cancel that conflict the best that you can so you can receive the contribution of what God wants to do. Is anybody listening today? God ain't hearing you if you're hurting them. There's a fence between you and God 
when there's offense, an offense between you and another person. These altercations render the altar useless. And God does not want your prayer not working. God does not want your prayer not powerful. God does not want your praise without joy overflowing. God does not want your vision of your future cloudy. God doesn't want your life depleted. And he says, before you come and get what I have for you and bring what you have for me, I need you to go work what you, out what you have against somebody else. Don't come into the presence if you're causing problems. Don't bring that worship. You've got work to do with other people. As far as it depends on you, you can't make it happen with everybody because we all offend. James chapter three, indeed, we all make many mistakes. The New King James there says, we all offend many. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. How many know that is gospel truth right there? I love that James says, if we can, because he already knows as great and maturing as a believer you are, you ain't gonna get it right every time. I, for me, it makes me like relax a little bit because I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna say the wrong thing to Liz. I'm gonna overly correct, even in anger sometimes, my children. I'm gonna lash back out at somebody from time to time because I'll never be perfect, but as I'm being perfected in Christ, I'm learning how to control my tongue. And when it gets out of control, I then learn how to put it back under control. So if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and, and could also control ourselves in every other way. If we could, which we always can't, we can get better at it, but we'll never be perfect at it. So there always will be some offenses and some issues to work with. Welcome to life. Jesus says in Matthew 5, in relationship recovery, if you're out on the street and an old enemy accosts you, they come after you. Don't lose a minute. Make the first move. Make things right with them. I gotta go quickly. I've got some phrases of forgiveness for you. Very, very simple. You probably have already said them this week, but these simple nine words will begin to let God revive and resurrect broken relationships of pain and problems in your world. Nine little words. Can we all handle that? Three phrases, three words apiece. Just like Jesus came to Peter, gave him three opportunities to say, I'm back in, I'm back in, I'm back in. If we would work these three things into our life and relationships, as elementary as they are, they would be so much of a blessing and barrier breaker with the pain that you might have caused or that's been caused to you. First one is this, I'm really sorry. I'm not just saying I'm sorry because you're mad. I'm actually really sorry. My kids will fight sometimes over the smallest things. The other day, they were crying over a Lego head. There are thousands of these Lego characters in our home, but they like the one face on one, and they begin to fight over it. And I said, tell your sister you're sorry. He goes, Graham through clenched teeth like only Graham could, I'm sorry. And I said, no, look her in the eye. That's why I think face-to-face -face is so vital, greater than a text message or an email or a phone call. If you go face-to-face, -face, something powerful happens. And say you're really sorry. I'm really sorry. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. Being sorry in a way God wants makes a person change his heart and life. Another translation says, Godly sorrow brings repentance. Repentance. When you say you're sorry, you're communicating what? Responsibility and regret. I'm not bringing an excuse of why I act that way. You might have one that seems valid. It doesn't matter in this conversation. Simply say, hey, I'm really, truly sorry. Follow it up with a please forgive me. 
please forgive me. Not you have to forgive me. That's a controlling thing. And because as believers, we think we have to forgive. And yes, we do. We need to forgive everybody. But when you play that church card on someone, it's like they don't have a choice. When you're saying, please forgive me, you're actually submitting underneath their opportunity to forgive. If they don't take it, it's on them. It's a weight transfer off of you. When you say, hey, I'm coming, and I, I need you. I'm owning it and I'm offloading it onto God's well-capable shoulders. Can you give me some grace? And if they don't extend it, that's up to them. Forgiveness is the goal of the apology not to try to sort out what part that they played in it. If you're that person always fighting, go on and read the rest of Matthew chapter five. It talks about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. By doing life that way, you'll always be less than. By, by humbling yourself, you'll always have greater than you ever could. Final one, and this is the most famous. These are the three words that we're supposed to speak the most. Please, I'm, I'm really sorry. Please forgive me and I love you. I love you. Even to a Christian brother, even to a co-worker. I mean, you might get written up in HR for saying that too often. But saying to them, hey, I really care about you. I actually love you. I maybe don't like you all the time. I wouldn't say that immediately, but you might be thinking that. But I love you. And the Bible says, Jesus teaches, it's not by our actions and behavior out in front of the world. It's by our love for each other that the world would know the validity of our Savior. It's this grace that we have to keep loving each other even when there's been discord and drama. Uh, I love you. The world would know us for our love for each other, not our perfection and our performance. It says, I'm so sorry. First Peter 4 verse 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Ephesians 4, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage. Get rid of anger. Get rid of harsh words. Get rid of slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Friends, if you're holding something against somebody else, or you haven't gone because of your pride and said, I'm sorry to someone else, because in your mind you justified the actions, the behaviors, or the words, you are holding something too heavy for your heart to carry. It's stuff we have to get rid of. If we're ever gonna get onto the things God has for us, we've gotta get rid of the contention and the fighting and the hurting and the gossip and the betrayal and the wounds and the words that we've spoken against someone else. And God teaches us, when we release what's in our heart against them, God then can release what's in his heart for us. I'm here to tell you today, Hillsong, Kansas City, God has such big heart for you, such great things in store for you. You might have lost in past relationship, but you haven't lost out on all that he has for you. And if we can let the Holy One come and do a divine work in our daily decisions and relationships, what he has in his heart for you will be walking in the reality of your life. Broken relationships. If you want to move into your future, practice humility right now. If you want to move into your God future and friendships, practice forgiveness right now. If you want healing in your heart, practice I'm sorry right now. 
To move into the new requires a rewiring in our relationships, and you've been graced by God to get over it, to let it go, to come to the right people, to talk through the problems. Don't let a small situation become an infection that costs you your God future. What do you need to do today? Don't put it off. Don't let it wait another hour. Wait and pray and believe for God just to lift the burden. No, go deal with it today. And watch and see the grace of God is gonna show up. And when you get rid of that thing and you have in your heart towards someone else, or you make things right when they had something in their heart against you, then God's big heart for you becomes the reality of your life. I wanna pray for you. If you're here and you need to offer forgiveness to someone else, or if you're here and you need to go say, I'm sorry to someone else, I believe God's gonna not just stir a little moment of encouragement from a message, but he is going to put a almost like a pestering in your inside world until you deal with that problem. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace to forgive us, that covers us, that restores us. Come, Holy Spirit, highlight every area where we need to grow. Give us the audacity and the encouragement and the humility to get things right with the right people. Lord, I thank you there's divine healing and your big heart for us will become will become the reality of our life as we work things out with the right people. I think your destinies are being unlocked because we're leaving the drama behind and we're gonna pursue peace. As far as it depends on us, we're gonna pursue peace and you position us in this place at this time to receive your grace, to grow in Jesus' name. Let's stay in this moment of prayer. Join us online. If you need to give your heart to Jesus, you cannot receive his forgiveness until you forgive him. And he gives you the strength to live for him when we surrender right here, right now to his goodness and his grace. If you need a fresh start with Jesus, this is for you. No one looking around, I just wanna lead us in a simple prayer, prayer of faith, believer's prayer. If that's you, you need a fresh start with Jesus. No one looking around, even online, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor Kai, that's me, I need a fresh start. I see one hand up, two of you, that's awesome. Three of you, I see you, I see you. Let's pray together. Those online, come on, pray with us. Say this after me, say, thank you, God, for your unending grace. I receive your gift, the gift of Jesus. In his perfection, he went to the cross. So in my brokenness, I can come to you. I receive your gift and I'm going to change. Perfect me, Holy Spirit. Start a new work in my heart. My life is all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we celebrate the hands that went up, those watching online?